You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades, the show where we share the top tricks, tips, and tactics from service professionals worldwide. Today, I'm talking with the co-owner of Quality Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Cassie Pound. Cassie spoke with me about identifying your why, giving the HVAC industry the retail treatment, and how to bring your kids into the family business. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Cassie Pound, you are the co-owner of Quality Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Welcome, welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited. I am super excited for you to be here as well. You and I have been Facebook acquaintances for a couple of months. I know you're super active on all of the groups, and you're really passionate about sharing your story and advice with your fellow contractors, so I can't wait to talk to you. But we are going to start this conversation the way we do every single one, which is how did you get into the trades? I always love the question because I think the answer is exactly how most people thought I did. I married a guy that I married the HVAC guy, right? I married him um, and we, he was in heat and air and I didn't really know what that was. I was a manager for a retail company at that point And I just, that's what I thought I'd do forever. And then here we are, you know, going out on a limb and trying, trying things ourselves. Um, almost, well, eight years later, nine years later, full time. So, but yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. <laughs> I would love to learn a little bit more about how he took you in. Cause usually the way the story goes is, you know, the husband or the partner starts on their own and then two months in they're like, Hey, I could use some help with some things. Uh, is that how your husband brought you along? You know, kind of, um, he had built this business at the, back in that time, he worked for a commercial company, and he had the ability to do his own thing at the same time. And so what we found was he was just working 100 hours a week for both. And um, so when it, he finally took that that leap to do it himself, it was probably already too late. And so I think hindsight, we could look and say, if we would have done it the traditional way, I would have, he would have started and then I would have came a few years later. But really what happened was, is he started and I came like a month later. Because he was doing these side jobs and they were side residential jobs, right? Yeah. And so we hate saying side jobs because it was like a legitimate approved way to do it um, compared to what he was doing previously. But yes. Yeah. And he had built the business just through the years um, doing it that way. So thank you for correcting me about the side job thing. Uh, that is totally a word I need to banish from my vocabulary, and I appreciate you calling me out on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so your husband kind of started doing his business uh, while he was still working full time, and it sounds like I got to a point where he eventually just was like, I have to pick one. Am I correct in that assumption? Yeah, he had been, you know, he was managing a commercial um, company, and yeah, he just needed to decide, like, can I do both or should I go one way or the other? And, and so he had that conversation with the, um, you know, the, the leaders of that other company and, and it, we just transitioned from there. And at that point it was, you know, we have six kids. And so we were like, this is it. And, but it was a big, scary jump for sure. 
I I do not doubt it. And can you tell me the timeline exactly when this happened? When did you when did he go from full time and when that when you guys took that scary jump? Um, that was in May of 2014. May of 2014. Okay. So before we go into where you guys are now, can you or how you got to where you are now? Can you just tell us a little bit about the breakdown of your business? What kind of work you guys do? How many technicians you have? And how that's broken up between HVAC and plumbing? Yeah, so um, we have a team of about 48 people, and um, we are um, heating and air and then plumbing. So we added plumbing about a year ago. Um, I'm sorry, about two years ago. And then, um, but we're still about 85% HVAC and 15% plumbing. Nice. And is it primarily residential? Yes, Mm -hmm. all residential. All right, cool. I, ref- I definitely want to get into the plumbing thing um, if we have time later, because I love talking to folks about opening up new divisions. But when you first started, when you first came aboard in 2014, I believe you had about 12 employees, right? Well, now in 2014, it was um, like three. It was me. like three. Yeah. In 2014, yeah, it was Oscar and he had a helper and then me. And now we're at almost 50. So I would love to talk about some of the big catalysts that helped you and your husband get to that point. You know, I think the biggest thing, so I said I came from a primarily uh, retail background, and I am a huge fan of retail because anybody who's ever worked retail has learned that a lot, (laughs) a lot about the customers, the customer experience. And so you just really get it. And so this is, this gig is no different. It's just, you're now in that customer's home, you're in their space. And so what we've done is just always focus on the experience, not just for the customer, but for our teammate as well. And so what we've found is by just, by focusing that everything else comes, the revenue comes, the applicants come, everything else comes. Because if you have a customer that enjoys you and you have a teammate who enjoys coming to work, everything else is just the process after that. A hundred percent. And speaking of, from my experience in retail, which I don't have much, I was definitely more of the food service uh, type of person when I first started. You really, a lot of the times, folks who work in retail don't get that amazing experience. And mm-hmm. I think that's why they're, they're, there's a lot of turnover there. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, I was a manager for a bigger, comp- a big box company for years. And, and absolutely, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get from day to day. And as, and then a lot of times the retail employees are of a, that younger generation. And then there's just so many pieces there. And so, I still think waiting tables, I did that also, waiting tables and and, um, working in retail have been two of the biggest pieces of what's molded me because I understand two sides. You know, when I'm sitting at a restaurant and the food's not coming and I'm like, oh, I really get it now, though. I still remember, like, this isn't their fault. Or it might be, but, but it might be from something else. And everything kind of triggers everything else. And so... Um, I think if you take those experiences and kind of just apply them to this industry, it's all the same. It's just it's just working with customers and providing experiences that last. That's awesome. Good, I, one. good one that lasts. <laughs> good one that lasts. I would love if you could talk of some specifics about you know how you really deliver an excellent customer experience and how you provide a great place for your teammates to work. One of our core values is serve people. 
Um, and we say that a lot. It's I literally on the other side of our, my screen is on the wall. And so we just focus that every day. We just focus on that, uh, so focusing on that customer, uh, meeting that customer where they're at. I, we all have days that are just rough. I always tell the girls, um, my call center right now is all female. So I always call my girls, but I always tell my girls, like, no one's calling us for a good time. No one's calling and like, hey, let's go have a beer. You know, like they're just not here to hang out with us. They're here because they're calling because something's wrong. Something's broken. Um, and they're stressed out. How do I, t how am I going to afford this? Can I afford it? And so I want them to remember that the focus is how to serve them in the moment that they're in to get them to the end of this. Because, you know, how, how many times do we like freak ourselves out over something that really doesn't end up being that big of a deal and we don't know until we get there. Um, and so that's, you know, from the beginning to the end, every single person that talks to the customer works for our company. Uh, we don't outsource anything. We don't sub anything out. We don't have a call center that's third party. Um, so we really just control that experience from beginning to end with the client. Now with our team, you know, the summers are hard. They're long and they're hot. And so we do a lot of things like we have a beginning of the summer party. We have an end of the summer party. We survive the summer. We have a midsummer party. We um, do Foodie Friday every other Friday. Oscar um, cooks the food himself on the sidewalk outside and sets it up for everyone to eat. You know, we have seasons passes to the to the baseball games. We have uh, the boot truck that comes in and provides boots. And so we just really think about if we were that person, what we could do to help them and serve them. And then, you know, I always remind each other or everyone inside the office that it's our job to create two five-star experiences. We want a five-star experience for our clients, but we want a five-star experience for that technician because in this office, there's about 10 of us and we work with each other every day. And we, you know, we high five, we see each other. These technicians we see for 30 minutes in the mornings and then most of them are in a truck by themselves for the rest of the day. And so how can we make sure that they have a five-star experience themselves at this company? And that's what we focus on. I absolutely love that. I love the idea of delivering that five-star st service to your technicians. And this is a bit of a segue, not exactly the direction I wanted to plan our conversation, but as we all know, the hiring crisis, the hiring shortage is this giant issue in the trades. How have you found your approach of delivering that five-star experience to your technicians? How has it helped you with hiring and retaining? You know, I think when people enjoy where they work, they naturally like to share it with other people. And so it just happens organically. Um, I used to try to force it and say, you know, go find your friends. And then we, I wasn't getting any applicants and, and they weren't telling their friends. And then I, you have to at some point take it personal and be like, okay, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe they don't actually like it here. And so we haven't always been perfect. We have people that previously worked for us that probably didn't enjoy it. And when I, you know, whenever we, we've had people that were good and left and you think like, oh my goodness, how did we lose that technician? And so we started taking a step back and looking, almost doing like an exit interview with ourselves um, of what did we do wrong? How do we fix it? And, you know, the, the market right now is crazy. Everybody's hiring. Everybody's offering everything. At the end of the day, it just has to be 
you doing what you said you were going to do and you meeting that, that technician where they're at and, and being available. You know, we, we're always, we have a ton of one-on-ones. Um, our techs have a one-on-one every week, whether it's with their direct manager or me or Oscar, I sat down with a technician this afternoon and installer because I haven't had any one-on-one time with him in 30 days or so. And I just wanted to know how he's doing. He's trying to buy a house. And I want to know those things when it was just, you know, like 10 of us, it was so easy for us to be super tight knit because there's just 10 of us. And as we've grown and people got a different manager and I wasn't their direct manager, Oscar wasn't their direct manager. We started realizing that we had no idea who these people were. (laughs) And so, and we don't want it to be like that. We want them to know who we are. I want to know their children's names. I want to know what their life goals are. I want to know what their spouse's goals are. Um, so I can help them achieve those goals through what they're doing and not just like, Hey, get another certificate. Like, you know, I have a a tech that just, he's closing on his house in two days. That's a huge thing for him. And he's so thankful for being able to buy a house. And we've been able to walk through that process with him. And that, what that's becomes the, the reward for me and Oscar of not, you know, people always like to say, what is your why, you know, why are you doing this? Why did you do this? And everyone loves to say, for my wife and my kids or my husband and my kids. But the truth is, if I didn't work here, my why is always going to be my wife or my wife, my husband and my kids. I'm always going to need to provide for them. My why for this business is to provide stability for people to grow in ways I didn't see possible in that answer and for being honest with you, you know sometimes we don't get it right all the time but we try and learn from our mistakes and I love the you know the the, the question why uh, it's so true it's like what is it though about this specific business that is my why and you said one thing I just really want to call out that it's like you know we want to help our, we want to celebrate our technicians milestones not just the ones where they're earning a new certificate or maybe getting their master's license and finally yeah it's so difficult to maintain that tight-knit community to get to know your employees as you're experiencing really rapid growth which you guys certainly have I mean you 5x your business in less than a decade like that's that's got to be a lot of growth and a lot of strain on a system so i applaud you for being so willing to make the time to get to know each and every one of your employees yeah yeah it's i mean it's not it's it's definitely something that i had to have that conversation with myself about and and oscar as well of like what how are we different than every other company you know our trucks are orange and our logo's amazing. Like we look really good, you know, but, but beyond that, what else is it? Because there has to be some substance for people to want to stick around and, um, want to do what they're doing. A hundred percent. Now you already mentioned that you have six kids and you work with your husband, uh, four of your children, right. Also work in the business. Um, so this, uh, I'm sorry, you said four or three. Uh, four to some degree. To some degree. Okay. Work part time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love talking to folks about working uh, with their family in the dynamics of a business, but I think you have a really unique perspective because you also have your children working for you as well. So, what would you like to share to other folks listening who are chances are most likely working with a sibling, a parent, a um, a spouse? Like, what have you learned to really make that work? 
Um, you know, I was studying at a training one time and this, this lady told me, she said the, it works for us because we have, we have hard rules. We, um, aren't allowed, we don't talk about it. And, um, unless we're in the building and then when we go home, we don't talk about work. And I'm like, that would never work for us. (laughs) Um, I enjoy what I'm doing too much to not talk about it. But the truth is, is that if I didn't work here and I went to work today, And then I came home, I'm going to naturally talk to my husband and be like, today at work, I did this and I did this. And that's still true because we have separate roles and separate offices and we're not just like holding hands all day long, walking through it, you know? And so we are going to still like download what happened throughout the day. Um, Having our kids work for us is just a whole different ballgame. You know, they also live with us. I have one that, you know, he's like a fill in, um, when he's in between gigs, um, in his industry and he's a great hand, but you know, the thing for that is, is I think that was harder for them than they thought, because at first, when we first brought one of our our kids in, I think our team kind of walked on eggshells at first, like this is the boss's kid. And then I went out there and I'm like, Nope, you know, (laughs) I want them, my kids will tell you now they have the raw end of the stick, you know, um, now they're young and I don't know, you know, when they're in 15, 20 years, it could be, it's going to be totally different because they're going to have, have shown themselves and proven themselves. But, um, from the very get go, we have set the expectation to our team of this is not our kid right now. This is your apprentice and you are training them. He gets in trouble. He gets fired. He gets everything the same. He is not our child. And and in fact, our our kids most of the time call us Oscar and Cassie instead of mom and dad because they don't want to break that. They they want their peers to respect them of like, oh, he's running to mama, you know? And and so he'll walk in and say, you know, one of them will say Cassie. And I'm like, yeah, you know, (laughs) it took a little bit, but I get it now because they didn't, they want their peers that they're working with to respect them too and not think that, oh, he's just running to his parents. And so they've had to prove themselves. They've had to jump in and just figure it out just like anyone else would. And they don't get any, any slack. Now, one thing that we do do as well is um, they aren't allowed. They can come home and tell us about their day. They live with us. That's going to happen. They're not allowed to complain about a job or a teammate to us. They need to, if they have like a true complaint about someone, they need to go to a different manager because we don't want to put them or us or the technician feeling like they're going to be the topic of dinner time conversation tonight. You know, we just like, we nix that and say, no, if you've got something that you're concerned about, you can talk to another senior manager and that doesn't ever become an issue. But now we don't worry. I don't want our team to feel like, well, he's going to run and tattle on me because I didn't use my blinker or something, you know? That is so important to establish those boundaries. And as you were talking, I just realized I've spoken to a lot of owners who grew up in the family business and are now taking on the ownership. I have never spoken to a a partner team that is now bringing their young children into the business and what boundaries are required there. So thank you so much for giving that perspective. What exactly do your kids do in the business, if you don't mind me sharing? We have one of our kids who he's actually in tech school um, for HVAC. Um, and he works every morning from eight to or seven to 11. Um, and he's in the warehouse, um, and getting everything lined out in the morning. And then he runs deliveries until 11 and he goes to tech school 
And then he gets out of tech school and he comes back and, and preps tomorrow's jobs. And so when he's not doing tech, he, or if he's on like a Christmas break where he doesn't have to leave at 11, he'll ride as an apprentice in the vans. And so he's getting that hands-on experience. We have one that is an HVAC installer. And then we have one that is a plumbing apprentice. He's a twin. So his twin brother is HVAC. He's the one that's in HVAC um, tech school. And his twin brother decided to do plumbing and he's the younger twin. And if you know anything about twins, we say this is a hundred percent just because his brother chose HVAC. <laughs> so it's just like he needed to go a little bit against the grain. And so he chose plumbing, which is great. We're super excited and he really likes it. And, you know, plumbing's a dirty work. And so when people want to really truly sign themselves up for it, I'm like, heck yeah can 100% confirm. My sister and I are close in age and we took very different life paths. So I think even just like the close like gap can sometimes do that, but definitely as twin. Thank you for sharing that. And I actually, before we get into, you know, bringing your kids into the trades and how that looks into the overall hiring atmosphere within the trades, which I want to get into, can you just share with me a little bit about what you do at the business and what Oscar does and how you guys delineate your responsibilities? So, you know, I think we're a really good team. Anyone who knows us, and I, I can't wait for my friends in the, in the industry that know us to listen to this and give me their perspective of how I answered this. We're a really good team because I'm the tornado and he's just the calm, you know? And some days he's like, he does, you know, a lot of people probably think that I take the lead. He lets me take the lead that I want but he will set me down if I need to be set down. <laughs> he keeps me rational. Um, and so, you know, our vision has just always been so focused on creating an experience that's different than every other truck in the city. And so we just keep our focus on that. We spend, you know, 24 hours a day together. We work together. We go home together. We most of the time drive to work together. And so there just has to be a really good connection there. Um, I have... Uh, a lot of friends across the nation that do the same thing. And they're like, there's no way I, you know, I have to work at home and I have to do this. And that's totally, you have to pick your poison. You know, you have to do, I just enjoy being with him and uh, we just enjoy doing it. Now I will tell you the other secret to our sauce is he is eight years older than me. And so I always say he's just wiser. <laughs> I am, I just, you know, I'm pretty mature, but maybe I haven't picked all of the pieces up yet. And so I still think we just balance each other. Now with, with our roles in the business, he was a tech, you know, and he's a very, he was always tech minded. And that's so good because, you know, I think what sometimes people who become owners forget is they come out of the truck and then they just go into an office. And Oscar just doesn't do that. You know, he's in the office. Yes. But in the mornings, he's in the warehouse talking to him and he's, he's, um, helping lead trainings this morning. They were in an install training and he was in there doing that. And he has install managers now, but he's in there still doing that. And so he's very hands-on still with the training. Um, we used to call it the or the Oscar pound experience because he built an experience that customers trusted him and trusted um, his knowledge. And so he, we trained that out. And so he, that's just always been his role. And then, you know, anything else And I think I throw at him, right? He's like, I got honeydews at the work at the office and at the house. Um, but you know, and then I manage, 
everything inside as far as, you know, the call centers, how we set that up, how we, all of marketing. I think like my day to day, every single day, what I'm doing is one-on-ones with our team and then marketing. I just feel like we have to be, you have to be 10 steps ahead. And I put my biggest focus on the day to day into marketing. Did you guys trademark the Oscar pound experience? I mean, I, yeah, maybe, maybe I should be. I'm just, just throwing it out there, marketer to marketer, just throwing it out there. <laughs> I actually noticed in your marketing, which I'll pivot to real quickly, that you guys lead with the fact that you're a family-owned business, and I'd love to know how that's helped you connect with your community. You know, I think um, in this day, being a family-owned business sometimes might not work in your favor uh, because, you know, people immediately are like, well, what family? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and who, and we'll treat you, you. I used to say, we'll treat you like your family. And I dropped that because I got to thinking like, I don't even like some of my family. <laughs> Respectfully, if you're listening, you know, um, I love them. I love them, but you know how that goes. And so our focus is, yes, we are a family owned business and we are, have just our, our like grassroots. Right. But our biggest push and focus right now is that we are local. We're local. We live here. We sponsor your baseball teams. We're showing up to graduations. We send handwritten cards to congratulate you on your marriage and your anniversaries. We actually have four billboards up right now where we um, celebrate every week. They change to four different things. And so like this week's is a local high school wrestling team went to state again. And so we have them and we, uh, you know, the billboard says we love to celebrate you. And so our focus is, is yes, we're family owned, um, but we're just really also just locally owned a hundred percent. It's us. So let's back up a little bit and talk about your passion, which is, or one of your passions, I'm not going to just say you have one, I'm sure you have many, uh, which is bringing more people into the trades. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. You know, when I went to high school, um, and it was time for, you know, to decide what I was going to be. I remember being so panicked and I was like, what am I going to be? What am I supposed to do? And ever it was, Hey, you've got to go to college because that's what they said in 2000, in the two thousands, right. Is you have to go to college. That That's all. That's the only way to be anything. Right. And I remember sitting in my counselor's office and I said, but how am I supposed to know? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm graduating. And this girl just told me she's going to be like some type of doctor. And I've never even heard of that. So how did she know she was going to be that type of doctor? And how do you know? And can I take a test? And there wasn't tests back then. Now they, now you can take a test, but I don't know how accurate that is. And so I'm just like, what, how am I, what am I going to be? And so, and if you told me at 18 that I was going to own a heat and air company, I would have told you you were nuts, you know? So so I feel like what happens is, is we put so much pressure on these kids to make a decision at 18 years old that they jump into things that they had no intentions of ever doing. I actually went to school to be a dental assistant. That's what I ended up doing. I have not worked one day with a tool in my hand. I ended up with like $35,000 in student loans. I just paid them off not long ago because I, you know, I um, deferred them for all of my twenties. And so um, I paid those off, but I didn't do that. And so when I think like, you know, even some of our technicians right now, they're 25 and they, and I've had this conversation in our one-on-ones at 18, what did you think you were going to do? What went an HVAC tech? Because at, and, and maybe sometimes it was, but at 25, you're still dramatically different than 
the person you were at 18. And, but we have to make the decision at 18. And how is that realistic? So I have a kid that works for us right now. I say kid, but a young man who works for us right now, who is like the story of that, you know, um, he should be in college because he was an all-star athlete. He played basketball nationwide. He played in Las Vegas against LeBron James' son. He was highly recruited and he went to college and he played basketball and he loved basketball. And he came in here and he sat in on Christmas break this year and said, you know, I'm just looking for something new. And he has no experience in anything. He's just went to high school. He's went to college to play basketball. And now he's, he's here. And so he said, I think I want to do heat and air. And I, and I'm talking to him. I'm like, why, what's, what's different? You know what? And he's like, I like basketball. I didn't like college. And I'm like, you know, you know how often that we put that on these kids of, you know, he was Mr. Insert school name here, high school. You know, he was, everyone was following him, but he just liked basketball. But instead we had to send him to basketball and he's going to do this. And now he's doing all this schoolwork and he just didn't have that, that there. So he's worked for us for about a month now and he's just loving it and thriving. And you know what I told him? I said, here's the deal. I want you to come try this because I want, I'm so passionate for, for your age youth to jump into the trades. But if you get in it and you hate it, that's fine too. Like I'm fine trying training you and helping you go to the next step because when I was your age, I didn't go to college. So I had to go work in retail and I love retail. And I'm not saying I genuinely love retail. Uh, we talked about that earlier, but that's what my options were, right? Was go to college or do this because you're not going to be able to get a real job. And that's just not true. And so I think we have to change the narrative, you know, uh, change the conversation and, and talk about the true opportunities. And the fact that, you know, your HVAC guy might be making more than the college graduate and they probably are, you know, or your plumber, they're making more. And, and it's not about money either. It's just about what's best for them and not being forced into decisions that are lifelong because you know, what stays forever or for a long time is that student loan. A hundred percent. I agree with you wholeheartedly on this one. You and I went to uh, high school and college around the same time. What I do for a living right now didn't even exist when I was deciding to go to college. So I think it's totally okay to be unsure. And I love that you gave Mr. Basketball his chance to really test out HVAC. So I would, you kind of answered it a bit, but I would love to learn how this, this value you have, this viewpoint you have, how you folded it into your in-house training center. Um, yeah, so we have a couple, we, we train five days a week in the building. Um, when we, we just built a brand new building, um, we're so excited and so proud of it, but, um, and actually it took us because of COVID, um, like 12 months longer than it should have. So we've actually already outgrown the building, um, but we're here. Um, and so we have a training center and it was set up to have, have class every day. And so, um, in the office portion, we have the training center that they have a class and then we have a training lab out in the warehouse. And so they get to take whatever they learn in the morning and go out and put it to work. Our service manager and our install manager and Oscar help lead the hands-on the lab portion because they're live units, live power, live gas, live everything. Right. And then we also are with Nexstar, Um, and so Nexstar has a great, um, a great program called the next tech 
um, with um, a lot of training uh, classes. So we use those um, in conjunction. And then beyond that, we just continue that hands-on. So it's so everything that we sell is on display and that's my retail uh, mind. You can't sell or offer something to a customer that you've never even seen. Um, and so everything that we sell, we have on display down to UV lights, to filter bait, the, the, the filter cabinets, indoor air quality, everything is live in the unit. So they can see it, feel it, touch it, understand how it operates. Um, and we're not just asking them to, you know, offer something to a customer that they don't know what it is and then have no clue how to install it. Does it double as a showroom or is it just purely for educational purposes? It is. You know, it could be a showroom um, for sure. You know, we always tell people, if you want to come see it, like they're live, you can come play it, touch the thermostats. You know, most people don't, there no one's like showing up to just like, hey, let me look at that air conditioner real quick. Um, but they're absolutely there. Um, since we have moved in, and you know, we're in a smaller area. So some of our customers have came by just to see because they love the growth that's happened with us. So yeah, you know, we welcome anybody who wants to come in. The second half of your whole like spreading the message and the opportunity that exists in the trades is also getting more women in the trades. I'm very passionate about that as well. As of this moment, I think you are the fourth woman already who's going to be on season five. So I make it a really big point to showcase women in the trades like yourself. And I'd just love to hear a little bit about your point, um, your point of view of, as being a woman in the trades and how you like to network and interact with other women in the trades and celebrate how this industry is great for women. Yeah. You know, um, when I first started in the trade, I remember the day that I started, Oscar went through all, like all the rules for the, you know, like, Hey, you're going to go to these supply houses. Sometimes, you know, I want you to pay attention to your surroundings, pay attention to the area, you know, do these things. And when I would go into this, I never had to worry about the, the surroundings as much as when I would go in, they wouldn't take me serious. They would like, you know, she's just the office girl or office girl, secretary. Oscar says those to me to like, give me a hard time, but he knows those are like, words that I don't love, you know? And so, um, what I was, I started recognizing is a lot of these businesses are either partnerships with their spouses or they have an office girl, but then that's it period. And so what does that look like? How do we grow? And so like today quality has, um, we have an HVAC installer who's female, we have an HVAC maintenance tech who is female. Our install coordinator is a woman. Our warehouse manager is a woman. Our director of operations is a woman. Our accounting is a woman. Our call center dispatch. And so I wanted to show the opportunities of how to get into the trades, how to hold management positions in the trades, because that's the other thing is I've talked to people who um, I love to like, I'll go to these networking, these um, industry outings or shows or whatever. And I love to ask the question, like, how many women work for your company? And they're like, um, okay. And so you've got a few, how many are managers? And the answer is, you know, not very many a lot of the times. And so how do we fix that? What does that look like? And so for me, it's not just, you know, it's not just getting a female to be in the field because that's absolutely a great spot for them also. But also into management positions because um, we have a lot. We have a lot to say too. I have inside sales. That's a female. Also, I forgot her. Director level, like in their own revenue generating positions. That's fantastic. Congrats. Um, 
I love that. And I love, that's why I love showcasing folks like you on the podcast to show that it's possible and it's getting normalized and you should talk about how you can recruit more women in the trades. I would love, we're starting to wrap up a little bit. I could talk to you for hours, quite frankly, but I would love to learn a little bit about, you know, what have, what has been, you mentioned you were a Nexstar member, you know, Nexstar is a partner with, uh, with Service Titan. What have been some of the key resources and tools that you and Oscar have really leveraged to grow quality and to build the business that you sit in today? Yeah. So, um, Nexstar is absolutely one of the biggest, I think, pieces for us, um, we just really believe in the vision of Nextstar, and, and we're proud to be members uh, with them. Um, but then also our networking in general, um, being able to meet people across the nation was a huge piece for me in the beginning because I was able to um, see a different way um, and not just what we thought was in Tulsa um, or thought in this area. Um, so networking, and then we're all, we're really a, a big technology driven company. Um, so being able to communicate with our customers, um, you know, one of our, like our customers, like top thing with Service Titan is being able, we have them track on the map. We get that in our reviews all the time. So between networking and just being always focused on technology, and being ahead, um, you know, our ther- down to our thermostats that report back if there's an error at the customer's home. Like we're wanting to be a provider for them when they don't even know that they need us. Um, and so being focused on that technology has been a huge piece for us as well. The things stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Internet of Things is such a fun and wacky concept. It feels like out of a sci-fi uh, novel or movie, but I absolutely love it. I geek out on it. So. It's funny because I sat on a um, a conference, uh, like a webinar for um, the the director of at Carrier Corporation. There, his like title is the Internet IoT guy. I don't know IoT, and I was like, what is IoT? And so, um, or the yeah, the Internet of Things or whatever. And I'm like, what in the world? But there's so many things out in this world that are coming and happening, and people are planning, and it's insane. And I think if, you know, as far as that goes, uh, if you're not prepared for that next piece of technology, you're already behind, you're already behind if you're not thinking about it now. Back soon. Um, I would like to ask what's next for quality heating, cooling, and plumbing? Um, you know, we are locally owned. We are really focused on staying that way. Um, we are currently the fastest growing company in our market. We intend to stay that way. And we just don't really plan to slow down. Um, we plan to add electric soon when we've made our, um, uh, had lo- uh, our logo done with kick charge. He left room to add electric. And so that's coming next. Um, but other than that, you know, we're just gearing up for 2022 for the, for the season, um, continuing to just focus on our people and let everything fall into place from there. Awesome. All right. I'm going to ask you some final questions. Um, if you could give yourself one piece of advice from early in your career, what would it be? Um, I would tell myself you are capable. I, um, look back now and I think how in the world have we gotten here? And, uh, and it's twofold, like, oh my goodness, praise God. Um, but then the other piece of it is I just didn't give up and I kept asking questions and I let the men make fun of me if it was a dumb one. And, um, I just, I just kept doing it and I would tell myself, you know, 
Buffalo up, girl. My favorite new question that I'm asking, if you could choose one song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be? Okay, so um, I thought about this, and I would say Bluebird by Miranda Lambert. I'm a huge country music um, fan, but that song, I just try so hard to stay positive, and sometimes it's not easy. But my favorite line of that song is, and if the house just keeps on winning, I got a wild card up my sleeve. That will be added onto the playlist of the season five toolbox for the trade guest. So everyone will be able to hear it. Cassie, it was such a delight to chat with you today. Again, I could have chatted with you for much longer, but uh, I don't know if people would listen to a five-hour podcast of you and I just going back and forth. Thank you so much for your time, and I can't wait to see what quality has in store next. Awesome. Well, I appreciate um, you having me on, and I look forward to hearing everyone else in Season 5 and just continuing to watch how this podcast grows and how it changes the industry. Thanks. Ever wonder how much your business is worth? So many owners ask that question and have no idea where to turn for an answer. In just a few clicks, Service Titan's new Service Business Valuation Calculator can give you an easy and free estimate of the current value of your business. Whether you're thinking about selling your company or looking to track growth, check it out now. Visit servicetitan.com slash value. Again, that's servicetitan.com slash value. See how much your business is worth today. Want to network with fellow service entrepreneurs and former guests of this podcast? Join our private Facebook group, Toolbox for the Trades, to get immediate access to the best tips, tricks, and tactics from fellow service entrepreneurs. Visit facebook.com slash group slash toolbox for the trades, or click the link in our show notes to join. See you online. Thanks so much for listening to Toolbox for the Trades. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love if you open the app and leave us a rating. Just tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. See you next time.